book of Exodus, chapter number 33, verses 18 and 19, and then to the book of Matthew, chapter number 5, verses 1 through 6. I want to welcome all of our guests. Thank you for being at Bethlehem this morning. Can you welcome our guests to Bethlehem Church? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Exodus 33, Matthew 5. Exodus 33 and 18. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness to pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. Matthew chapter number 5. Verses 1 through 6. If you found it, say praise the Lord. If you found it, say praise the Lord. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God told Moses, I will be gracious to whoever I want to be gracious to. And I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. I want to preach for a while this morning. I hope you'll help me. I want to preach God blesses who he wants. God blesses who he wants. Lord, I pray for your anointing. I feel like you gave me this message. I ask you, God, to anoint me to preach it. And God, I pray you would anoint this congregation to receive it, react and respond to it. Let the seed of your word find good ground and let it bring forth fruit in somebody's life. I pray, oh God, help us, Lord, to give ourselves to you and your word this morning. I pray against mindsets and mentalities that would oppose what you want to do in people's lives. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to touch this place. Without you, we can do nothing. God, I pray that the men and women and young people that are in this place right now, God, that they would open their spirit to you. 
God, because we need you today. And Lord, I hope that we'll give you our very best for these next few moments. I pray, God, that we'll shake off the fatigue and being tired from the week, the cares and the worries of what happened last week and what's coming up next week. And God, that we will give ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically to your will this morning. God, I pray for the gift of faith to operate in this place. And I ask you to have your way, Lord. God, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Can you really open your heart and worship to God? Whatever's on your mind that's not God, can you get that off your mind for a while? Whatever you're worried about later, can you get that off your mind for a while? Can we have church for a little bit? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's put ourselves in what God's trying to do right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. It was in the book of Ezekiel that God gave a prophetic word to the man of God that dealt with a particular spirit, the spirit of rebellion. Ezekiel chapter number 12 and verse number 2 said, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not, and have ears to hear and hear not, for they are a rebellious house. This particular prophecy was a word of God against the nation of Israel at that time. Israel had rebelled against God and his word and his plan. I believe we're living in a generation of people that have rebelled against God's plan and God's word. This world we have has rebelled against the word and plan of God. Ezekiel said they have ears to hear and eyes to see, but yet they see not and they hear not. It is possible to have sight but not have vision. And it's possible to be able to hear and still not hear in the spirit. Sometimes things are right in front of us and we still miss it. I know I do. We want to be right, but sometimes we fail to see and hear the way that God wants us to see them and hear them. Solomon wrote in Proverbs that every man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. The truth of the matter is that we all think we're right. Amen. The message isn't going to get any shorter, so you might as well say amen. We all think we're right, but sometimes we're wrong. We misjudge situations. We misjudge circumstances. Sometimes we misjudge people, make poor decisions. We don't mean to be, but the truth is that we often discount people based on multitude, a multitude of reasons. God and Moses had an interesting conversation in Ezekiel chapter number 33. Ezekiel 33 and 18, he, Moses was talking to God and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. God, I want to see your glory. 
I want to see your splendor. I want to see really how awesome you are. God, if you would just allow me to get a glimpse of how awesome and powerful you really are, God, show me your glory. That is a simple, direct request. God, let me see what you really are like. God's reply to Moses to me was amazing. God said in Exodus 33 and 19, he said, I will make all my goodness to pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. Moses said, God, show me your glory. And God said, okay, I'll show you my goodness and my name. If you want to experience the glory of God, I will tell you it is in his goodness and his name. You can't separate his glory from his name. God said, I'll show you my glory. I'll let my goodness pass by you. I'm going to let you see just how good I really am. And I believe I serve a good God. Amen. He's been good to me. He's been better to me than I deserve. He's blessed me when I didn't deserve blessing. Amen. And I thank God not only for his goodness, but I thank him for his name. I'll let my goodness come by you and I'll reveal my name to you. Folks, there's something powerful about the name of God. I'm glad I know what his name is. I'm glad when I say the name Jesus, that all of heaven becomes available through the power of that name. There's healing in that name, deliverance in that name, freedom in that name, joy in that name, peace in that name, deliverance in that name, power is in the name. I wish somebody'd say his name right now. Let me tell you when the name of Jesus is spoken into a situation, the glory of God can move. If you need the glory of God to move in your family, you ought to say the name of Jesus right now. If you need the glory of God to move in healing virtue, you ought to say the name of Jesus because the glory and the goodness of God is in his name. Hey, we're people of the name. I said we are people of the name of Jesus. I wish we praise his name right now. Look, it doesn't matter how bad you've been or how bad your circumstances are. You ought to just open your mouth right now and say the name of Jesus where you can hear it. I wish somebody would say it right now. Let me tell you, you don't have to be powerful. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to be good to say that name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Why don't you say his name right now? Oh, Jesus. He said, I'll, I'll let my goodness pass by you and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And then he goes on and he finishes verse 19 and he says, I and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. God said, you want to see my glory? I'll show you my goodness. I'll give you my name. But part of what's glorious about me is that I decide who to give grace to. 
and I decide who to give mercy to. Whoever I want to give grace to, I'll give it to them. And whoever I want to give mercy to, I'll give it to them. I'm not going to let somebody else dictate who I bless and who I show mercy to. I'm not going to let what somebody else thinks about someone determine if I show them grace and mercy. You want to know how glorious I am? I'm so glorious that I don't let what other people think about somebody dictate what I do for them. And I don't let what somebody's past says about them because I'm going to show mercy and grace to whoever I want to show mercy and grace to. Oh, God. I wish somebody would throw their hands up right now. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, I believe, has given me a word to help somebody today. Amen. I believe the Holy Ghost is wanting to speak to someone in this house by the Holy. I wish somebody would go ahead and just call the name of the Lord because God's getting ready to show mercy to somebody that somebody else completely discounted. And he's getting ready to have grace on someone that other people have thrown in the towel on and said there's no way they'll ever amount to anything. God said, you don't get to determine who I bless and who I'm good to and who I show mercy to. Oh, God. This passage of Scripture that we read in Matthew is part of what is considered by most to be the greatest sermon ever preached. It is the Sermon on the Mount preached by Jesus Christ. One of the things that became readily apparent in the Sermon on the Mount. I've, I've studied the Sermon on the Mount for, for just about all of my ministry. It's one of the most, most preached about, one of the most powerful passages of Scripture where Jesus pronounces blessings on people. I have, I have studied the Sermon on the Mount. I have studied what are known as the Beatitudes, and I have looked at this, and, and I've looked at these as, as individual blessings, as, as individual verses that, 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 that they're just, they're, they're all little statements and, and haven't ever really taken what I would call a macro view of the Sermon on the Mount. But when I look at this, at the Sermon on the Mount, one of the things that strikes me is how much Jesus does not think like everyone else thinks. He doesn't view the world or people like most of us do. Jesus decided to pronounce blessings on certain groups of people. The Greek word for blessing here is the word makairos. And it, 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 means, it, does, it means happiness, but it takes it beyond happiness. It means, it, it means a lot more than that. He declares that I am going that, that, that there's blessings on people, and those blessings are specific. The, the blessings he gives, he says to one group, they will inherit the earth. To the other, they will be comforted. The hungry will be satisfied. The thirsty will be filled. They, some will receive mercy. They shall see God. They are called the children of God. They are, their heavenly reward is great. And all of these blessings belong to whoever God chooses to speak them over. Amen. We think we know who deserves to be blessed. We think we know who deserves the grace and mercy of God. 
we think we know who deserves to have the hand of God on their life. But I want you to pay attention to some of the people that God chose to bless in the Sermon on the Mount. It was not the ones that the high priest thought would be blessed. It was not the ones that those in the temple thought would be blessed. Honestly, it wasn't even the ones the disciples, the disciples thought deserved to be blessed. He said, here's who I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless the poor in spirit. I'm going to bless those who mourn. I'm going to bless the meek. I'm going to bless the hungry. And I'm going to bless the thirsty. One of the most powerful aspects of the Sermon on the Mount is that God blessed people that no one expected to be blessed. People look at circumstances. People look at somebody's pedigree, at their family tree, at how, how spotless and clean their past may be. People look at people's talents and abilities and their issues, and we decide that person's going to be blessed and that person's not going to be blessed. This person's going to be touched and that person doesn't deserve it. This person's done enough to deserve the blessing of God, and that person's been so bad, they don't deserve anything. But Jesus said, I know how you look at the poor in spirit, but here's what I think about them. I've decided I'm going to bless them. I'm going to bless them, and they're going to inherit the earth. And I know you see the people that mourn and you wonder what's happened that they deserve to be so sad and they deserve to be so broken. But I've decided that people that mourn, I'm going to comfort them. And the people, you look at the people that are hungry and you think they wonder what they've done to deserve to be hungry. But what I've decided is I'm going to fill them up. And the thirsty, I'm going to satisfy them. And those, those that need mercy, I'm going to give them mercy. God said, I have decided that the people that you look at and think don't deserve to be blessed, I've decided that I'm not going to bless them according to their circumstances, but I'm going to bless them according to my will. Amen. God said, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. I'm not going to judge people the way that society judges them. I'm not going to judge them the way that religion judges them. I'm not going to judge them the way that families judge them. I'm going to look at people, and when I decide to bless somebody, it doesn't matter what their past has been like. It doesn't matter what their history has been like. It doesn't matter what their family's been like. When I decide I'm going to bless somebody, I get to decide who to bless, and I get to decide who to have mercy on. It's not to their pedigree. It's not to their talent. It's not about their issues. It's not about their past. I have made my decision. I'm going to bless somebody. Amen. I'm going to bless who I, look, you ought to be shouting right now because if it wasn't for the will of God, not one of us would be here because every one of us have a past. Every one of us have made mistakes. Every one of us have been wrong. And God said, you know what? I know all that, but I've decided I'm going to bless them anyway. And I'm going to have mercy on them. 
Somehow, some way, God made the decision to allow you to walk through the doors of that church, come to the house of God. That means God has chosen. Can I tell you what the Holy Ghost has been dealing with me about this week? Can I tell you that you sit and you think about all the reasons why you can't be used of God and you can't be blessed of God and why it can't work out for you? And I've come to tell you God has decided to put a blessing on you and God has decided to show mercy to you. And when God makes that decision, it doesn't matter what else is going on in the world. God said, it's my choice. James, I'm telling you, God has decided to bless you. God has decided to be merciful to you. Reggie Colbert, let me tell you something. God didn't look at you after your past. He didn't look at you after all your mistakes. God said, I choose to bless him, and I choose to have mercy on him. Let me tell somebody in this place, you tell me all the reasons why you don't deserve it. You tell me all the reasons why you shouldn't have it. You tell me all the reasons why God shouldn't bless you. And I'll tell you it's not your choice and it's not your decision. It's God's choice and God chose for you to be here. I wish somebody would praise him because he chose to pick you up out of darkness and bring you to his marvelous light. I wish somebody would praise him because he allowed you to have the Holy Ghost and to be baptized in his name. He said, I chose you. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done. It's not anything that I've done to deserve it. When God began to deal with me about this message, I told the difference makers, I don't know who comes, I don't, when, I, when I get a sermon, I don't know who's coming and who's not. Some people are so haphazard, if you, it, it, you'd go broke betting on if they's going to show up or not. I don't ever know who's going to be here and who's not. But when I was working on this message, I knew one thing. That whoever's in the house of God this morning, that God has chosen them. Amen. I'm telling every man, woman, and young person in this place right now, God's chosen to bless you. God's chosen to be merciful to you. You can give me all the lists of the mistakes you've made from, from, from this morning all the way back to when you were a little kid. You can tell me all the reasons why you don't deserve it and all the things that are against you. You can tell me all about your family tree and how it's, and, and, and how it's dysfunctional. You can tell me about all the times you failed God. You can tell me about all the stuff going wrong in your life. You can tell me about all your addictions, all your sin, all your failure. You can give me the whole list and I'll just come to you and I'll say, God said he'll bless who he wants to bless and he'll be gracious to whom he wants to be gracious. And the fact that you're here is proof to me that God's hand is on your life. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. Don't you give up until he's done with you. Don't you give up until he's finished his work in you. Don't you turn around. You just keep coming and you keep coming. You may, you may mess up this week, but you keep coming to church. You may fall. You just keep coming because God has chosen to bless you. I wish somebody ought to just praise God. Look, if I, if I knew, if I knew I was going to be blessed, I believe I'd be praising him right now.
can I tell somebody else there's, there's more for some of us? I, I, feel, I, I feel like there's some stuff I need to deal with in the Holy Ghost because there's some people and you, you think that maybe you've just maxed out, that you've gone as far as you can go. And there's some of you, you feel like there's nothing you can do for the kingdom of God and there's nothing you can contribute. And you feel like, like this is it and you're, there's nothing more. I've come to tell you that there is more for you. There is greater heights and deeper depths and there is more for your walk with God. But you got to believe it. You got to believe that God has decided to bless you and your family. You ought to walk in faith and power and know that God has chosen every dad in this place. You ought to be thankful that God's chosen to bless your family. Well, preacher, how do you know that he's chosen to bless me and my family? I know because you're here right now and God sent this word to you and he said his word will not return void. Daniel, I see your hands up there and I see your wife holding that baby. I want you to know God has chosen to bless you and your family and be gracious to you and it's nobody else's decision. It's nobody else's choice. I've come to tell somebody, you've been run down your whole life. People have always looked at you and thought of what a failure you are. But those people don't get the right to determine what God wants to do in your life. There's some of you, you got family members and they're not in the church right now and people think they're hopeless and worthless. I've come to tell you, it's nobody's decision but God's who he's gonna bless and who he's gonna be good to. I've come this morning expecting a blessing. I've come expecting Bethlehem to have another wave of revival sweep through for the rest of this year. I've come expecting your families to walk in favor and anointing and power. I've come expecting some of you to make the biggest steps in the next few months that you've ever made because it's God's decision. I've made, God said, I've made my decision to bless whoever I want to bless. I wish somebody praised God like you're going to be blessed. I wish somebody praised God right now, like you're walking in divine favor. God has chosen. God has chosen to bless you. I understand there's issues. I understand there's things to overcome. I understand there's battles to be fought. I understand there's enemies to be overcome. I understand that, that, that habits have to be broken and addictions have to be. I understand all that. But I will tell you this, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God has decided to bless you, tell me who can get in his way. Yea, and all these things were more than conquerors. I'm telling you, you can overcome whatever your trial is. You can overcome whatever your trouble is. You can overcome whatever your addiction is. You can overcome whatever your problem is because God has chosen to put his blessing on your life. And then when God chooses to bless, God gives the blessing. I wish somebody praise. I'm trying to build somebody's faith to believe that your tomorrow is better than your yesterday, that the rest of this year is better than your past, that you're not always going to be falling in the same pit. I've come to preach to somebody to tell you, you ought to look up with praise and joy and thanksgiving because God has... I wish somebody would praise him right now. I'm trying to build somebody's faith to tell you that your circumstances are not the dictator of your destiny. I 
I've had people tell me I don't deserve the blessings of God. I don't deserve the grace of God. Well, it's not your call, brother. It's not your decision. Remember, I was dealing with the man several years ago. It seems like just a little bit ago, but now looking back, it's been 18 years ago or so. When 18 years seems like just a little bit, it means you're getting old. It means I'm getting old. I remember dealing with this man, and he would sit in church. He's a big old rough-looking character. He would sit in church on the back row. He'd cross his arms, and he'd stare me down. Mean-looking joker. I'd preach, and he'd just... He'd come a few weeks. That's when I was pastoring in Indiana. He'd come a few weeks, and then before long, he'd sit back there like this, and then I'd notice that every so often, he'd have just a little tear coming down his face. He'd wipe it away and get all rough again. That went on for a few weeks, and I knew, I knew God was dealing with him. We were picking him up from the work release. He was, he was a prisoner in the work release, and we'd pick him up, bring him to church. He'd sit there, arms folded, scowl on his face. Just, and I knew God was dealing with him. And one time, we, I asked him to go in, in, in the little Sunday school room we had. And I asked him, I said, I said, every time you come, God deals with you. I said, I know you want it. What's, what's going on? Why won't you let God touch you? That big old burly rascal, tears started coming down his face. He said, Pastor, I don't deserve the blessings of God. And he began to go into some of his past and some of the stuff he's done, some of the crimes he's committed. It's not, not the stuff he got caught for, the stuff he got away with. And he said, Pastor, I, I can't be forgiven. And this big old man, that somehow God had allowed him to come to an apostolic church and sit through the anointing of the Holy Ghost is telling me that he can't be forgiven and he can't get the blessings of God. And so I began to go through the Bible and I began to point out people in the Bible that had done things very similar to the things that he did. And I said, and God touched this one. And God touched this one. And God touched this one. And I told him the story of David and how that David had conspired to have Uriah the Hittite killed. And how that, that in that story, when Uriah the Hittite was killed and David was found guilty by God, yet God chose to forgive David and restore him and use him. And this big old burly man all of a sudden began to understand that maybe it's not too late for me. Maybe it's not over for me. Maybe it's not done in my life. Maybe I haven't gone too far. And I told him, I said, God will forgive you for what you've done and he'll wash your sins away. And so the next service, we pick him up. We had, a, we had an old Dodge van that somebody had donated to us. They, the, the young people called it the turd because it was brown and it was ugly and it was a dump and it was a mess and it was, it was dirty and it, it barely ran. But by God, we got people from the jail to the church. And uh, 
we, we, we picked him and a bunch of others up on, on the van and brought him to church and we have a window. We have to have him back at the jail at a certain time. We've got a window of time to have church, give him a bite to eat, get him back to the jail or they get in trouble and can't come back. But this morning, we baptize this man in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I get him in the water. That's right. I get him in the water. Now, understand, he's going back to jail. He's going back to the jail. I get him in the water, and he's carrying the load of all this stuff in his life, Brother Stan. All this past, all this, all this, 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 this substance abuse and violence and gang violence and all this stuff that he's carried, the guilt for the stuff that he did. And he gets in that water and he's carrying the burden of his sin. And, and in just, in, in, a, in about 20 minutes, we're going to have him dried off, changed back, and back in the van, going back to jail. But when I put him down in the water, in Jesus' name, this big old burly rough rascal, when he, he almost shoots up out of the water. Amen. He, he, he almost just shoots up out of the water. And when he does, he splashes water all over me, all over all the people just outside the baptistry. He shoots up out of the water and he puts those big old rough arms up in the air and he begins to say, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Over and over and over, he says, I'm free. Because when God chooses to bless somebody, all of the past and all of the record and all the stuff is washed away when God makes the decision to bless somebody. I've come to this pulpit today to tell the church and to tell the people and to tell you as an individual that God has chosen to bless your life. It doesn't matter what all the past has been like. God's made the decision to bless you and your, you ought to raise your hand. Even if you're having trouble believing it, you ought to just raise it in hope and say, God, I hope that preacher's preaching to me. Because I am preaching to you that God has made the decision to be kind and merciful and gracious to you. It's not about your talents. Stand with me this morning. It's not about your abilities. It's not based on your qualifications. It's not based on your family tree. It's not based on any of that. But God said, I will show mercy to whom... I'll show mercy and I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious to. The poor in spirit, I'll bless them. Those who mourn, I'll bless them. The hungry, the thirsty, the meek, I'll bless them. Not based on them, but I'll bless them because I made the decision to bless them. I want you to lift your hands all over this place this morning. Oh, come on, interact with the Holy Ghost for a minute. There's some people came in here needing a blessing today. I sat on Tuesday at lunch 
Brother Patton, your friend that came with you at the church last Sunday night, he and I went to lunch together on Tuesday. He told me a powerful story. His father was a Pentecostal preacher, but his grandfather was an abusive alcoholic. He was so abusive. His, 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 his grandfather was so abusive to his grandmother that the uncles, the, the man's sons, wanted to kill him. But his dad, the preacher, instead of, instead of leaving it alone, he pays for the man to be flown hundreds of miles. And he deals with this man every day. New York City. The man would get drunk and be lost on the streets of the city. And this man would go walk the streets looking for his dad until he found him. Day after day. Day after day week after week. This man, I'm at lunch, and he said, Pastor, he said, my dad just wouldn't give up on him. Everybody else wanted him dead. Everybody else wanted just to write him off. He said, but my dad just wouldn't give up on him. would let him go he said and just before just before he died he got his life right with God and God saved him and turned him around aren't you thankful that when other people want to give up on you when other people want to write you off there's a Savior that says, no, I'm going to have mercy on who I'll have mercy. And I'm going to be gracious to whom I'm going to be gracious. So your eyes are closed all over this place. I feel like there's some folks in here that are carrying the heavy burden of shame. Things hadn't gone right. Things haven't gone the way you wanted them to. You failed God. Maybe it's a pattern of continual failure. And maybe you thought at some point, I'm beyond hope. I'll never get it right. I've come to tell you that God has made a decision. His decision is to be gracious to you. And look, church, when we start praying, God, show us your glory. We don't get to decide who we, who we have come when we pray for revival. God, send us this person and that person. God said, here, if you want to see my glory, you're going to have to let me be gracious to whoever I want to be gracious to. You may not like them. You may have a problem with them. They may have hurt you in the past. They may have wronged you. But when I choose to be gracious, you got to let me be gracious so you'll never see my glory. I wonder if we can pray right now.
Come on, can we pray? I, I don't really feel like, like we've really, as a church, done our part to get in the flow of what God's trying to do. There's some people in this place depending on this service. And we can't just treat it like another Sunday morning in the middle of summer when somebody needs to know that God has a plan for them. Oh God, I, I'm asking you, God, to touch that man today that feels like he's beyond reconciliation. God, to touch that young person that feels like there's no future for them. God, to touch that lady today that feels like it's been such a struggle and there's no point in continuing. God blesses whoever he wants to. God makes the decisions of who he's going to have grace on. And it's my conviction that because you're here, God has made the decision to bless you. Come on, the altar's open. If you feel compelled at all to come pray, you ought to step out from where you are. And you ought to come and lift your hands to God and say, God, I need that mercy today. God, I need that blessing. I need that grace. I need your help today, God. Lord, I need your kindness. I know I don't deserve it. I know I can't earn it. I know I've messed up. I know I've done all kinds of stuff. But God, I'm going to take what that preacher says and I'm going to trust it. And I'm going to believe that you've got mercy for my life. And you've got a blessing for me. And you got hope for me. God, I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to show mercy to somebody in this place today. Let the Holy Ghost be poured out in this place. Oh, God, let the anointing of your spirit move in this house today. In the name of Jesus.
we say that to him right now? Can we praise him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for the cross, Jesus. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your blessings in our life, Jesus. Come on. If you're thankful, let him know that you're thankful right now. If you're thankful that you're still alive, that you're still here, that he's forgiven you, come on, let's lift him up right now. And thank him from the bottom of our heart. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you, oh God. You are so good, so mighty, so awesome. Hallelujah.